What's up, everyone? How is everyone doing today? I hope that we can get this blessed week off to an incredible start here on Shoes Views. I'm your host, Zach Shoes, Shoemaker, and I'm excited to welcome you to the seventh episode of Shoes Views. I'm here in Gilbert, Arizona, and later on the show, Kansas Jayhawk Mitch Lightfoot will join the show. There's some special things that we have to get into today that I think everyone will enjoy. So, with that being said, let's get right into it. Now you guys are well aware that the NBA playoffs are on this way. But, with that being said, the other teams that are not in the playoffs are going through some shuffling in terms of the front office and coaching staff. That's what I'm going to get into right now with the first topic. We're going to start with Sacramento as they've already found their new man and Luke Walton to take over the Sacramento Kings and bring them to the promised land. I've talked about this a few times now. They have now fired Dave Yeager, 39 win season, which has impressed me after having a very disappointing beginning of the season. I was not a big fan because of him benching Marvin Bagley. But overall, he got a 30-win season with a very young team, one of the youngest teams in the NBA, in fact. And they were the first outside of the playoffs in the Western Conference. Now, hiring Luke Walton, I said this originally. I said, Vlade Divac, since he got promoted to a higher role and has more power, that the fact that he's firing Dave Yeager, he has to have a plan set up right now to go get his man. And that was shown. He hired Luke Walton the day after Luke Walton was fired from the L.A. Lakers. And I'm a huge fan of this. I believe having Luke Walton, a young coach, out of the L.A. spotlight, actually thinks he had a lot of potential. And he's a solid coach. And I thought maybe he'd wait a year or so to get his next job opportunity. But clearly, now is the time. And I'm excited to see what he does with this young core. I think he was a perfect hire. I couldn't be more happy about a hire for Luke Walton and for the Sacramento Kings. I cannot wait to see where Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Barnes, Harry Giles, if Willie Collier-Stein says, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and so on, continue to do. Oh, and don't forget Frank Mason. I'm excited to see where the team goes. This is a special team right here, and I believe that they got the right man for the job. There couldn't really be a much better opportunity there. Next job is Memphis. They fired J.B. Bickerstaff. Also, the GM, Chris Wallace, has been assigned to scouting duty. I'm not really sure on this. They had up and down seasons. Obviously, they lost Marcus all midseason. Mike Conley began the first half of the season was coming back from an injury. Triple J was out for the second half of the season for the most of the part. They kept trading with pieces. Got Justin Holiday, a solid player. Point is, I have to say this. Jamie Burks has a solid coach. I'm not sure if he's a head coach. They need to find the right man. I think this draft would be crucial. Finding someone, if they can find a way to, I, I don't believe they have their pick depending on where it falls. I believe it goes to Boston. But Memphis has the potential to be a very, very good team. They're a terrific young core with, J, with Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I love him. Yvonne Rabb got skills. Javion Carter showed up the last game there. And the last game of the season, he also played solid throughout the rest of the year. The other young core pieces, but to have Triple J and potentially a man such as Ja Morant, Derek Culver, RJ Barrett would be special, and that would be the perfect scenario. That's what they need to do. That's exactly where I'm saying Memphis needs to go find a guy that can be a young coach and go with them and ignite them. I'm not sure that is. If it's a college coach, I'm not always a big fan of college guys going up to the NBA, but there are other players. I'm not sure what Dwayne Wade will do. I'm going to get into that during a shoe zone. I have a special thing that I believe will happen actually with Dwayne Wade. But there are certain players that just retired. They could be, I mean, the other coach, I'm not sure exactly who. It's not going to be necessarily just a destination point where someone plans on going. They don't have a Giannis like Coach Bud was able to go to Milwaukee. But they need to find the right GM to draft the right guy in this draft class and make a good offseason and find the right head coach. Next up, Cleveland. They have a good young player. And that is Colin Sexton. I'm a big fan. I don't know if Clarkson actually fits this young core timeline 
Larry Nance is a good player, I'm sure. I don't know if he fits it. City Osmond is a solid player. He just showed up sometimes this season. I'm going to see what they do with Marquise Chris, but there is a player that they, they need to go get a top player in this draft that can fit Colin Sexton. Someone that is not actually ball dominant point guard, so that's not John Moran. Azan would be a perfect scenario, but I also think that someone like RJ Barrett would perfectly comp- go with him. I mean, it would be perfect for them. Also, I mean, you guys think, speaking up on this real quick, Boston, they had a, yeah, they, they're going to lose a lot of people this year. They don't have the money to retain everyone. That being said, I do think that this season has been comical. This last, the first game in the playoffs was horrible. 84-74, I believe. Not acceptable. But they have a lot of picks. Cleveland does have their pick, though. They mutually parted ways with Larry Drew that took over after they fired Lou Williams in the beginning of the season. He did obviously, they were tanking. It's not much you could do. Love was at the majority of the year. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Kevin Love this summer. But that head coach needs to be someone that knows how to ignite a young core. They're going to start getting them going. I think Colin Sexton is a tough, rough kind of guy. He can take, he wants a hard coaching. This is going to be a special team. I truly do want to see what they do with Cleveland and who they hire to go out. I'm, I have all faith in Kobe Altman. I know him personally. He's been a great person for me. Kobe Altman. He, he knows what he's doing, trust me. The amount of picks he's been able to accumulate, the amount of different trades he's done has been perfect. He has a, couldn't do a better job. He's done a fabulous job out in Cleveland. I'm excited to see who he hires. I truly do believe that someone, like an assistant coach out, from one of the San Antonio, Eator, I believe, Messiani from San Antonio is one of the top guys I believe that they could potentially go grab. They always have a top guy that always is a big coaching option. Once again, they have him. There's many options, once again. We'll see what happens. That's what I'm going to say about Cleveland. Lakers. Of course, I believe, I think I've said all seven episodes I've now talked about the LA Lakers. You can't avoid them. They fired Luke Walton. I believe that was happening. That's pretty obvious. Obviously, I talked about Magic Johnson in my last episode. And that's okay. Luke Walton is not cut off for this job. I think I talked about that many times. He was too young. He was drafted in the same class as LeBron James. How is your best player supposed to respect you if he's older than you and drafted and you didn't accomplish what he did at the same time? No. They need a guy that he will be able to talk to, and he'll be able to be a leader with and respect the coaches. And there's three guys I believe they already have contact with. There's other guys, possibly Jock Vaughn, as I'm hearing rumors of. But right now, they have requested interviews with Monty Williams, Juan Howard, and Tyrone Liu. Let's go down this. Monty Williams, I'm a huge fan of. I want this man to get head coaching job so badly. He did an incredible job, and I believe it was unbelievable that when New Orleans let him go. He was a great coach for them. Was developing Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday to an amazing level, and they let him go. I'm not a fan of that. I believe that we all know what happened to him and his family, and the strong man of God that he is. And I support Monty Williams with all with everything. He's an amazing father, father figure. He's he's everything that anyone could wish for, and he's someone I believe needs a head coaching job. I don't know if LA is the right spot for him. But I'm excited to see if he does get that job. He'll do an amazing job. Somewhere like Memphis or Cleveland would be a great spot, especially Memphis. That being said. Next option is Howard. Obviously, he's been with Miami a long time. He knows how to win games. He's been involved for a very long time. I'm a big fan of him. Jawan Howard, he deserves a head coaching job as well at some point. Don't know if this is here. Tyrone Liu. Out of these options, I believe he's the best, most qualified fit because of the fact he was with LeBron James and won a championship and was a Laker. Although, I do like new things. I don't know if he's the perfect coach. I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to say it over and over again. There's got to be a way to get Doc Rivers. Jerry West is the most respectable president. Guys, he's built the Memphis Grit team. He's built the Golden State Warriors. Now he's drafted fabulous and started a great group now in LA Clippers. But 
I don't think he will get rid of Doc Rivers, but I would try everything to get him. He'd be the perfect dream coach. LeBron, I want to see LeBron James as a great coach. Or go ahead and try getting Eric Spolstra. I think Pat Riley's going to come to an end at some point. Some like Eric Spolstra is one of the most respectable champion coaches that also coached LeBron James, and he knows what he's doing. I don't know if the Miami will let him go, but if I am the LA Lakers, I'm trying to get one of those two men. That's what I got to say about LA. Chicago Bulls extended Jim Boylan. Huge fan of that. He gained my respect. Originally, people were making a big deal. He's too hard on the players. He's running them out. Dwight Parker doesn't want to play. Yada, yada, yada. You know, he's got rid of soft players. He wants the hardcore players. That's why you got the guys that's left right now. And these, this young core is special. He earned the respect of all those players. I've talked about countless times with Zach Levine, with many others. Huge fan of this extension. Couldn't go to the better man that deserves it. Minnesota Timberwolves are talking about a little bit. It's up to the new president if he's going to retain Saunders and uh, the GM there on Minnesota. Scott Layden. I'm fine with it. I think Ryan Saunders for sure needs to stay. I don't see how they don't keep him. I guess, once again, give him a summer with Andrew Wiggins, the car, Anthony Towns. They will have an observed team. It will be an, it will, They have an elite young core there. That's what I want to say about them. They have a very great young core. Wiggins, I love Wiggins. You guys know that. I still believe he has the potential to be an elite player. 18 points a game still. That is not... Not no bust. That is not nothing. He's still young. He's 23, 24 years old. He's got time coming. He's got he's got to grow in there and finally have a coach they can stick with. Through his first years, he had a guy that he truly put everything with and truly made it a great thing. That flip Saunders, Ryan Saunders' dad. We know what happened. Tragically passed away from cancer. Moved up, moved in with the interim. Then you had Tom Thibodeau. That's a brand new coach. That's three straight years of having new people. Then you have Jimmy Butler. We know that. I knew that was going to work out there. Same position. Same kind of game. Why put them on the same team? Didn't work out well. Had all this last summer having to deal with that drama. Now you got another new coach through the whole year. Let's see him go through the offseason. See what the occurrence is. See what goes down. Give Wiggins time to develop. He's still coming around. Trust me. Keep him. The GM parts up to them. I can't wait to see they have the president. Now, New Orleans Pelicans hired David Griffin to run that front office. And obviously, the key thing we all know is he's going to make the big trade. The Anthony Davis trade will be done this summer. I can guarantee you. I believe Anthony Davis will go to Boston Celtics. I will have an offseason preview later on after the playoffs when I'll discuss this all. But he has the job of making the big deal with David Griffin. We'll be getting the big deal done with Anthony Davis. He did say he plays with keeping Alvin Gentry, which I agree with. He's a solid coach. Not great, but he's a very solid, very good coach. David Griffin, though. He built a championship team in Cleveland. I don't believe he should have been fired. Yes, Kobe Altman has been great. It turned out to be great. But he didn't deserve to be fired. He's an amazing general manager, front office person. Very high likeliness for him. Very, very big fan of him. Um, obviously replacing Dell Dumps, which got fired. That's what I got to say about this. There's going to be a big move here. We'll see if they move Holiday as well. There's lots of big decisions. He's going to reconstruct the whole team and have lots of pieces. Moving Anthony Davis has to be take a lot of work to do. It has to be a very hard job to move a player of his caliber. But you got to realize you're going to get a very good young piece and very good offers. Phoenix Suns. Valley of the Sun have officially named James Jones their new GM, no longer interim. Buxton will be, Trevor Buxton, know him, talk to him personally many times along with James Jones. Trevor's been a great influence for me. He knows the, the, the salary cap, is an expert on that. He's great at figuring out the trade money and legal issues behind that. He'll be perfect there. Adding Jeff Bauer to the front office brings a lot more leadership. Continue adding pieces. I think they need one or two other big front office guys to assert leadership in that place. And we'll see what Robert Sarver does. He seems to be making the right move so far. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to drop a bomb for you guys right now. I don't believe that Igor Kokoskov will be remaining the head coach starting next season. I believe that, yes, once again, another coach will be fired and hired for the Phoenix Suns. Getting used to it, yes, we all are. But, excuse me if I say this, he's not the best coach for this team. I'm not a big fan of what he did. Yeah, he could win some. Yeah, I, I, yeah no. No. 
you got to realize it's almost impossible to win over a new a new reign of front office people to keep your job as a coach. James Jones did not hire him. Yes, he was in the front office, but he didn't hire him. That was Ryan McDonough. That's who hired him. Not, not James Jones, not this crew, not Bauer, not Trevor, none of them. They were involved, but they didn't hire him. That's not their pick. They got to go after someone that can develop them. They got to go get that guy, that coach that's a leader, and a true guy. Wait, don't hire him in the first week after finding a coach. Go in there, execute, and find a coach. They have lots available overseas. Lots of other guys are available still. There's lots of good coaches you guys can go try getting. Once again, maybe Monty Williams there. Maybe not. We'll see. It's always got something to get. Don't be hired. Go hire a big name guy that can get get them to go. Get someone that can lead Booker. Go get draft the right guy at point guard with Ubre, with DeAndre. You guys know how special I think this team is. Be call someone. Make them move to get rid of Josh. Cause I love Josh Jackson. He's a great player, but I don't think Phoenix is done right. He's getting replaced now, and I think Josh has potential to be a very good, if not all-star kind of caliber player, but it's not in Phoenix. I love you, Josh, but I know this is not the right place for you. There's many places. Maybe it's in New Orleans. Maybe it's other places. They have to go get that kind of guy, okay? Next up, this is not official, but this is my opinion. Talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was not a, I'm not a big fan of college coaches getting promoted to the NBA. It doesn't happen very often. Doesn't work. It happens very often, but it doesn't work very often. Billy Donovan, solid coach. I don't think he's equipped for this. If Oklahoma City Thunder lose in the first round of the NBA playoffs this year, Billy Donovan will not be a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He will not be. He will be fired and let go. This Thunder team has no excuse for losing the first round. There's no excuse for being the sixth seed. You have two all-stars, two superstars, I should say. Sorry. You have Steven Adams, Jeremy Grant, one of the best men off the bench, Dennis Schroeder, Marquis Morris, out of the big addition. Patrick Patterson never executed him well. Yes, you don't have Andre Roberson, but stuff's got to get done now. So that's got to get done. Okay? I think, personally, he should be fired either way unless they go to the championship. That's my opinion. It's not going to happen. You're not beating Golden State. I don't think they're going to get out of this round. Lost to, New- lost to Portland today. They have to make the right move and get a coach that can coach them. I don't know if they're going to Scott Brooks again. Bring him in. Bring him in. Frank Vogel, we'll see if this is, it's time for him to come back. There's many other options. Many other options. You just got to find the right guy for Westbrook and Paul George. Those guys know how to play together. They're special. You just need to know how to draft them. Sam Presti is one of the best guys at drafting, finding talent. He's got to find a coach. Scott Brooks was great, but this is not good. Not good at all. That's what I got to say about these coaching changes. Of course, stay up to date. I'll give nightly updates now, especially with the games going on. Every night I plan on giving some kind of update of the season, how it's going down, what's going down on my YouTube channel, Instagram TV, Twitter, everything. Go check it out. I'll be continuing updating. Also, next week on the Monday episode, I'll be getting into it with Jason Harris. Let's talk about that. But I'll, if there's any more coaching stuff, you guys will know about it. Check my Twitter, see what else I say about it. But this is what I got so far. These are good teams. Lots of big shuffling happening. Front offices, head coaches. Check it out. It's big time right now. The new year is coming next year. Let's get it going. If I were you, I wouldn't be going anywhere because the one and only Mitch Lightfoot is coming up next. Do not miss it as he talks about the Kansas Jayhawks and his career so far as a Jayhawk. It's going to be a special one. It's truly a great honor to be able to welcome the former four-star numbers and the heart, soul, and energy of Kansas Jayhawks, my friend Mitch Lightfoot. How are you doing today, Mitch? Doing good, doing good. Um, had a little workout this morning. Um, got some homework going on. All right. Played a, played a couple of games of Fortnite. Got a dub just now prior to this call, so I'm feeling good. Ah, that's good. 
Let's get into the first question then. How quickly did it take you to want to commit to Kansas once they offered you your scholarship? Um, for me, it was it was pretty immediate. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach, coach Self called me when I was at Perry High. I was playing at Perry High School. No, it was Perry. Uh, no, it was Higley. I was playing at okay. Higley High School to pick up my my friends, and Coach called me. Uh, I missed his call actually, so he left me a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Still have the voicemail, but it's there. <laughs> And uh, called him back. He offered me and kind of had an idea on where I wanted to go ever since. Mm, I mean, I know definitely growing up in Kansas has been probably a dream of yours, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, having, having that Jayhawk mentality mm-hmm. from, from birth, really. Uh, all my, all my, uh, all my uh, family is real hardcore Jayhawk fans. Mm-hmm, so for sure. Just being able to go to KU and, and uh, live out my dream, as I like to say, is pretty special. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so what are some of like your funniest stories or funnest stories about being at Kansas so far? Funnest stories or f- hmm. I would say it's probably it's pretty it's pretty hard to say just like one instance mm-hmm. that's happened. But um I would have to say it's gotta do with uh being being just being around my teammates on a daily basis. So there's so many small things that that uh people that aren't a part of the program might not be able to pick up on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for example, like I think probably one of the funniest guys on the team is a uh, Udoka. People don't even know it because like you would think he's a pretty quiet guy, mm-hmm. um, stays to himself. But once you get to know him, he's, he's a comedian. Uh, we were uh, the other day, we were getting ready to go into, go to lifting. And he was, he was uh, walking back with me from lift. And I'll, we were talking about, uh, Talking about the Rick Ross mm-hmm. coming to KU football, and all, next we were talking about it. Next thing we hear is Doke yelling, "Oh!" But like uh, Rick, Rick Ross does, it's pretty funny. <laughs> wow. So, also, what would be what's one of the favorite things that fans have done for you? I mean, there's been the prison match, there's been songs, there's posters. What's probably your favorite thing that fans have done? Um, I'm a huge fan of the prison match. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's I think that's great because uh, I watch The Office and. Uh, prison prison mike is what is what it's from mm-hmm. but uh it's it, that's pretty awesome i'm um, seeing the seeing the seeing the the posters um with the headband on it's pretty funny mm-hmm. uh but but i would probably have to say like just just seeing people with my jersey on and getting to connect with them cuz at the end of the day i'm i'm just another guy like them like them except i uh, got blessed with the uh, with the talent of playing playing and being able to being able to play mm-hmm. with uh my height and my athleticism uh shout out my mom and my dad for that but uh i i'm just uh really thankful to be in this position and i'm just just like them just i had the uh, fortunate ability to play this game mm, for sure so when was the first time you saw the prison mitch first time i saw prison mitch um i'm pretty sure i saw there was a we played who was it we played it might have been it might have been K State. The f- I knew there was there's talks of it last year, mm-hmm. but never no one really never really acted on acted upon it. Yeah. So uh, I think the first time I saw it acted upon was uh, after our K State game at K State this year, mm-hmm. and then it real it really hit the ground running and took off, and and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the shout out to all the fans for that. Mm-hmm. Which one uh, of the which one of the prison Mitch types was like your favorite one? I mean, he can't, I mean, it's constantly evolving different tattoos, different color headband, all that kind of stuff nonstop. Which, which type was your favorite one? Um, 
the original one's pretty good, mm-hmm. just like just because it was from from the jump. I mean, if you watch if you watch uh, the Office, you you understand. But I think the second one, just when he got involved with the tattoos, was was probably one of my favorite yeah. favorite additions. Mm-hmm. So, what what player mentored or helped you the most when you first got there? Still is helping you. Um, for which player helped me the most when I first got mm-hmm. here? Um, I would say I learned a lot from Landon Lucas. Uh, he, he did a great job of helping me adjust to the way the game is and how it's played and the speed. Um, but I would have to say him and Devontae. Mm-hmm. Those two did a real, real good job of making me understand what it's like to play at this level and what I need to do to be successful at this level. And that's what I try and uh, try and help our younger guys understand. Mm-hmm. For sure. Day. Has any, are there any like former Jayhawks that ever come in and help you guys out? And has any of them reached out to you specifically? Um, there's a, there's a bunch of guys that come out and, uh, support, support the Jayhawks, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, just me specifically, uh, I would have to say, I mean, this is kind of, kind of like my mentor, Greg Gurley. Uh, he played here back, back in the, in the day, mm-hmm. um, played with some great players. Uh, he himself is a great player. Mm-hmm, so for sure. just being able to, being able to learn from him, um, not only basketball, just life in general. Um, this is something that I, I truly value and it, it gives me a, it gives me some, some leadership and, and some way to, to progress my game. All right, that's awesome. And what player have you modeled your game around the most? Model my game around I mean, It could be most. professional, college. I mean, just from high school on, who is like someone you've always wanted to be like? Um, I would have to say that I wanted to be, I, I like from a since we're KU talking mm-hmm. KU, um, I really appreciate how Jamari Trailer played the mm-hmm. game. I thought he did a, did a great job of showing what it means to play as a Jayhawk. Um, someone that really gives it their all every time they step onto the court. Um, that's something that I, I value. You might you might not be the uh, you might not be the most uh, talented on the court. Uh, Lord knows I'm not. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that are out there that are better than me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try hard. Uh, give it my all every time I step on the court. Mm. Um, that's something I feel he did. And, I mean, Travis Relford does that. There's, there's a bunch of guys at Kansas that do that. Oh, good. For sure. Um, so, so that's why those, those kind of players are players that I I truly uh, I truly admire. Yeah, I mean, I actually had it down to that's one play I've always talked about and said that, I mean, you remind me the most. Because I, when I went to Kansas camp a couple of years ago, like, I think I was going into seventh grade. Trailer was, it was one of the Jayhawk camps, and Trailer was my coach, actually. And that's when I was like, I watched him. I love watching him. He was a great player, obviously. And that's what I've always thought. I mean, you always go out there, give it your all. You you sacrifice your body, dive on the floor. I mean, all the stuff exactly how Trailer did. And, I mean, truly, Trailer, you, you guys are like the glue to teams that just help the team win games when it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, it's important to have good teams have, have players that are willing to sacrifice themselves for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm just thankful to be even listed with those guys because – they have some pretty impressive resumes, and hopefully uh, I can finish up my career here going into my senior year, uh, similar to how they did. Mm-hmm. So talking about that, what would be one part of your game that you'd like to add on for your senior year? Um, for me, I just want to become more confident shooting the ball. Um, there's, mm-hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of different uh, aspects that I'm working on, but more, more confidence shooting the ball and uh, helping our team stretch, stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. 
And then in terms of your goal for your senior year, like what would be one area of the game that you'd specifically like love to say you want to get better at in terms of like, if it's more points, if it's rebounds, if it's steals, blocks, like something like that. Is there something that you really want to set a goal for yourself for senior year? Um, I think points, blocks, all that's great and all, but at, at the end of the day, I want to become a better mm-hmm. leader. Um, I hope because I feel like that's something that this this coming team we're gonna we're gonna need. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, we have a bunch of great guys. Um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring bring it all together and make sure it all works out. So. For sure. Uh, me being a leader is going to be something I focus heavily mm-hmm. on. And then in terms of your team, I mean, I know the stuff piece is going to be keep coming and going in terms of Jayhawks for this next year. But as the core guys, you and Ochi, if Dawson does come back and all, what would be like your guys' priority goal to of this next season? Um, obviously, we, obviously we want to win the uh, the Big Twelve that got away from us last year. It's all that's still pretty fresh in our minds. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't we can't uh, let one become two. We got to go out there and play our game like we know we can, and if we do that, I think we'll be we'll be in a good place. Um, I want to, me personally, I want to leave this place off better than a than I got it, mm. than I got here with it. Um, there's whether that be uh, us winning the Big Twelve or taking us to another Final Four. For sure, it's really special, and I'm gonna give it my all uh, to hopefully accomplish that because I know that's, I mean, from being there, that's one of the best experiences that basketball can offer you. Um, there's nothing quite For like sure. it. And so once you're done playing at Kansas, have you thought about what you want to do? Is it the NBA, G League overseas, or some other kind of profession away from basketball? Um, for me, I mean, probably playing overseas for a little bit. Um, obviously, I want to play at the highest level for I sure. can. But I want to play – I have also wanted to travel the world. I think overseas would be a, would be a perfect opportunity for me to do mm-hmm. so. Um, there's, there's a couple of different things that uh, – that that I have opportunities to do, um, I just need to make sure I make the rest best choice for me and my family. Mm-hmm. So whether that be overseas or in the NBA, I'm just going to do whatever's best for me and my family. For sure. Would you want to be a player? Have you ever thought about possibly being a coach or any other aspect of the game? Yeah, I mean, being a coach, I I, I just want to be around the game of basketball as long as I mm-hmm. can. Whether that be a coach, somebody that helps people train. Um, there's a there's a bunch of different things that can help me become the best. Can help me help others around basketball for sure and so since you've been able to play with two of the all-time great point guards and frank mason and graham how would you say that those two leadership skills and the way they led a team were different um i would say frank did uh more by his actions Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't say more but he was more action oriented um you follow his lead from uh what he does um like on the court Mm -hmm. Devontae did Devonte would uh, call you up, talk to you, um, coach you through, coach, coach you through that off the court, on the court. Mm-hmm. Didn't, it didn't really matter with him. He was gonna, he was gonna be there for you. So there's a, there's subtle differences. There's dif- there's different ways to lead, for sure. and um, I think they both did a good job of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so leads me to my next part then. So obviously Devon Dotson, a lot of people keep talking about how great of a point guard he is, especially for a freshman. So what characteristics of Frank Mason and Graham do you see in Dev- Devon Dotson? Um, I think he's first off from an, uh, from like a physical standpoint, he's speedy fast. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of, that reminds me of Frank for sure. And how he, can, how he can get past people and get downhill to the basket and crappy finishes. Uh, I think that's, that's a similar part of his game, but also at the same time, he can shoot the ball. Both Frank and Devonte could do that. Mm-hmm. His leadership skills are developing. Um, 
you can see towards the end of last year he was he was really uh coming out and showing showing that ability to take over a game and lead his team so i'm gonna i'm super excited to see how he does this next year mm-hmm. uh the kid hopefully it's back here with the jayhawks but i know the kid's just gonna do whatever he's gonna do what what's best for uh, him and his family and that's that's the, the that's all we want for mm-hmm. him um so i'm i'm just super excited uh, hopefully i get to play with him another for year for sure i mean i know it's a lot of people that keep talking about devon and grimes and lawson committing i mean and yeah, that's sad. I mean, to obviously not have those guys be able to watch them. But in my opinion, I mean, it's great to see them make it to the next level. Because they've always dreamed of, and they're always going to still be a Jayhawk forever. So I mean, just seeing what they do yeah. is—that's what the end of the day. It's that's the best part about seeing Jayhawks in the NBA too. I mean, yeah, for sure. I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's where fans get down on uh, down on players for uh, reaching for their dreams. I think is something kind of selfish. Get, get the uh, get the Jayhawks to where where we need to mm-hmm. be. Um, and I think they deserve some, they deserve some uh, credit for, for that. Sure. I mean, they deserve a lot of credit mm-hmm. for that. Um, without them, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have the, uh, without the players, we wouldn't have the organization we do today. Uh, obviously we have great coaching, great players. So for them to be able to have the ability to help their families um, is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the best part about Kansas too. I mean, there's always great players that keep coming. It's not like some, a lot of schools, in fact, that, they lose a great player, and it's true they may not see another great player five, ten years. I mean, here it's at least we're going to constantly get to see new people that we always fall in love with by the end of the season. Yeah, um, we, we that's a great part of have, having great coaches mm-hmm. is they do great jobs of recruiting. Um, we we learn from our coaches who who uh, give us new ways to challenge ourselves on and off the court, mm-hmm. whether that be as players and as and as men. They uh they've done a great job for of sure. It. All right, so now there's five more quick questions. What, the first one will be, what's the toughest player and toughest team you've ever played against while at Kansas? Toughest player and toughest team. Um, there's a lot of tough teams in the Big 12. Um, there's a lot of uh, teams that have the ability to change the game with their, their, their toughness, their uh, ability to rebound the ball, play defense. But I would have to say um, Villanova's – we played them in the final four last mm-hmm. year. It was probably one of the most, the, probably one of the toughest teams I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, they, they, uh, they shot the ball well. They were poised. They had leadership. So all those things combined made them a, truly a, a deadly mm-hmm. team. And then, I mean, speaking up also on that part, I mean, Villanova was the team that, I mean, you guys just came out from being Duke and a lot of people thought would probably be the champions. I mean, having Marvin, Wendell, I mean, so we guys were able to go in there and beat them. And then obviously Villanova just, Brought to another level. I mean, I think they surprised a lot of people just because they weren't a big name. But they, like you said, they had the leadership and the skill like that. Yeah, they 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 offered uh, the leadership, the ability to shoot the ball. They shot the ball really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were really well coached. So there was there's a bunch of things that they did right, and a bunch of things that we could we needed to change, and we didn't. But uh, that team was a great team, and uh, hats off to mm-hmm. them. What would you say would be the toughest player you played against? Um, ooh, there have been a lot of good players. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Toughest player I've played against. Uh, I think Jarrett Culver this year was, was real, was a real tough, was real tough. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause how he, he led his team. Um, but I would have to say his teammate, Matt Mooney, I, I had a, the utmost respect for him. Um, he, uh, he transferred in there and did a great job of, uh, really leading his team and giving them the ability to win, um, by handling the ball, shooting the ball and being a senior leader. So, that was something that I, I respect. Mm, for sure. So this one might be a tough one, but who would you say are the top five all-time Jayhawks? 
top five all-time Jayhawks. Obviously, got to have Wilt mm-hmm. in there. Um, obviously, I mean, Paul Pierce. Yeah. You got Wilt, Paul Pierce. Um, shoot. Wilt, Paul Pierce. And Pure, I, got, I think you got to have uh, – you got to have Mario in there. Yeah. Because of, uh, I mean, the obviously, miracle. Mario's miracle. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's – He's got to be in that in that discussion. Um, Manning, shoot, the, Manning, shoot. Yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I, there's a there's. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to just say one player. It's that. I mean, or five players. That, I I think Frank has the ability to be in, in that discussion too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and Devontae. So yeah. There's there's just so many players. I mean, it's so hard to, so hard to, really determine who's. Mm-hmm. Who's uh best for sure? I mean, that goes back to the other thing. I mean. KU always has nonstop great players. I mean, you got Perry Ellis, I mean, the T-Rob and the Twins. I mean, Aldridge, Collison. I mean, they just always they keep coming. I mean, it's that's the best part of being a Jayhawk. Yeah, but that, you said that 100% right. There's a, there's the, no other place that has the tradition, mm-hmm. um, players similar to how we do. Um, and that's just a blessing to be able to play here. And I think, I think we all understand that as Jayhawks that, this is truly something special that we get to be a part of. For sure. And so my next question would be, if you could go and play with any other Jayhawk team that you did not play on, obviously, what team would that be on? Shoot. Um, I think I would have to say... Um, the 08 National Championship team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you come, that's what you come, to, <laughs> come to Kansas to do, is play for, uh, play for champions. Um, and that's something that I hopefully can be a part of. I have one more, one more year to, to, to do that. And I'm going to give it my all to, to hopefully do that. But, uh, I would, that's why I'd probably have to say them. Mm. Yeah. The 08 national championship. Speaking team. of that also, would there be any other player you'd want to specifically play with any other Jayhawk player or your favorite one, I guess. Favorite one. Um, I admire, uh, Jeff with me. Uh, Nicole Aldrich, those two guys really gave gave it their all every night. For sure. And those two guys, I, I, I admire. Mm-hmm. So then, who would you say would be your favorite NBA player, current and all time, non-Jayhawk? Non-Jayhawk, favorite NBA player, current, all time. There are so many people. Um... I would have to go probably. I mean, probably you you want to play with the best, Mike and LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two guys are the they're the best two best of all time. I uh, won't get into who better. <laughs> I think talk about that for hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think those two are the two best of all time. For sure. And then I guess the last thing we talk about too is if you could pick, what would be your dream NBA team to play for? My dream NBA team to play for, I think the Lakers organization has a has a great tradition and their ability to their ability to bring in great players um, year in, year out is something that's truly special. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of that too, that's what, when Svee first got drafted there, I mean, first of all, I was happy. I mean, he's one of my favorite all-time guys too. But, I mean, he went from probably the most historic, if not the most historic college to one of the most historic, probably the most historic NBA team as well. I mean, obviously he's in Detroit now, but still. Yeah, Svee – he got the opportunity to play at for the Lakers, which is something special. I know he he valued every second he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I still play Fortnite with him to this day. Uh, he 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 really really enjoys it, and I'm 
proud to be his teammate, able to play with somebody who was a part of some such a cool organization. For sure. And then my last question, I always ask my whoever I interview is, how has God helped you the most throughout your basketball and playing career? There are so many ways he's helped mm-hmm. me. Um, I would have to say just giving me, giving me an outlet to go to in times where I might be questioning myself, um, just knowing God has a plan for me. There's nothing I can do to change his plan for me. Just keep, keep the faith. Um, and I'd, I'd probably say, yeah, just having the, having something I know that is bigger than basketball. Uh, that, that means more, that means uh, more to me than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really puts it all into perspective. Uh, you have a bad practice, you have a bad game. Um, but really does that, does that affect my worth as a human or as, as a child of God? And uh, it does, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, just that, just that ability to trust, trust my savior is uh, something that I, I value. For sure. I mean, that's when I've all come down to it, he's the one that leads you through every path, no matter what, if it's basketball, sports, business. I mean, he's the person that everyone and anyone can rely on. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Mm, well, it's really been a pleasure having you on here, Mitch, and also having you as a friend. I can't wait to see you where this next season takes you, even though it's sad that it will be your last one, but best of luck, brother. You'll always be welcome to come on the show whenever you'd like. Rock Chalk. Appreciate it, brother. Rock Chalk. The NBA and the NBA Player Association might be coming to a deal to possibly allow players to come straight out of high school. Well, my thoughts are next. If I were you, I would want to miss it. Stay tuned to see what I have to say about it. This past week, we once again were notified that the NBA and the NBA Player Association has been in talks about trying to get the draft eligibility to be moved back to coming out of high school. That being said, it hasn't been talked about for quite some time to allow players to come straight out of high school. My take on this is clear. I believe that it should get done right away so it benefit the NBA and the NCAA dramatically. It needs to get done as soon as possible. That being said, there's not many players that believe they should qualify to come and should try going to the NBA right out of high school. I believe there's one player every year at least to a max of three to five players. No more than that. I believe that the USA basketball, who someone needs to identify who those players are. Now, the other part of this deal for the NCAA would be players cannot be one and dones. Players must at least stay two years in college. I'm okay with that. I believe that the guys that go one and done, most likely, and should be guys that could have come right out of high school. Now, there are different instances, okay? There's a lot of times that guys rise up and played at a whole nother level when in the freshman year than people ever thought. Trey Young played at a whole nother level. Even guys like Devin Do- Devon Dotson came out and showed up in a whole nother level. Now, does that still mean that they should go? Depends on the player. In my opinion, it goes down to what the player needs. If the player is able to make the league, go to do it. Because you'll be able to secure the bag right away. That's what I got to say about that part. Secure the bag if you're able to. Now, if there's a risk of you not being drafted, I'm not sure if you should go to the NBA. In fact, I don't think you should. If you're if you're told you will be drafted, go. Secure the bag. Only Newman that comes to mind. I loved him as a Jayhawk. Was devastated to see him go. He had an amazing tournament. And obviously, he went undrafted. He signed with Miami to a two-way deal, which was then terminated, and he got cut soon and was not able to play in the NBA. Now, he could be coming for a comeback. We don't know. My point is... If you're a junior especially, I don't see why you don't just go for your last year. Unless you go to the point where you're rising your top 10 lottery pick, top 10 pick or lottery pick, stay in college. Might as well get a degree. But I truly do believe that players that stay two years tremendously help them. An example, 
multiple. Jared Culver and John Morant. Brandon Clark also had, had a massive big time year this year. But John Morant. This last week, Jerry West, which as I said earlier in this episode, is one of the most respected front office people. Obviously, he's the logo of the NBA. An all-time great, one of the greatest to ever play. And now, turned around, has been an amazing front office person. No matter how old he gets, he still is wise and contributes and makes excellence on the top, top draft choices of the NBA. Obviously, helped draft Curry, Clay, Draymond, and so on. And that crew made, drafted Mike Conley and Marcus Saul out of Memphis. Or traded for Marcus Saul, I believe, yeah. Got the Pau Gasol, did, even though that trade. He also did the move now, drafting Shea Jules Alexander, trading for Landry Shamet, so on and so on. That being said, Jerry said that the best player in the draft is the number two overall player, ranked-wise, and that's John Morant. He said that he's the best player, and that he calls him, quote-unquote, he's a miracle type of player. Now, that's saying something. The logo, one of the greatest all-time guards, which John Morant is, being told that. A lot of people said John Morant might be able to be drafted last year, wasn't a big of a name. No one really knew him. But listen, now y'all know him, and y'all know how special he is, and you guys know how high I am on him. I truly do believe that skill-wise, he might just be the best player in this draft. That being said, staying two years is so beneficial to a player. The amount you just learn, especially in a good program, is is incredible. You learn so much playing in every year that you develop. Right now, the high school years, from 7th to 8th grade middle school, to going to high school, to going to college, of course, then going to your next level, professionals, overseas, G League, NBA, so on and so on. It is critical. Up until you get about 24, 25 is when you truly just lock in. That's pretty much when you're all about the same. But that's what I got to say. I truly believe that this deal will help everyone because the players, will, teams will get two years of players guaranteed. And the player will be benefited because if you're not a top player and you're not securing the bag in the NBA right now, then you get those two years to develop and become to a whole other level. And that excites people in college as well. Also, I have no problem now with players going overseas, maybe working out for a year or two. Bosa did it in football. Obviously, you got Mitchell Robinson, Terrence Ferguson, Emmanuel Moutier. The list goes on. Guys doing this year, guys coming up. It's so on and so on. Guys like doing this. It is fine with me. You do what's best for you, and that's it. Obviously, I'm a Jayhawk fan. You guys all know that. And Mitch talked talk, talk a little bit about it this past, this last, a little bit ago. Someone like Quentin Grimes. He was a top-ranked player. And I respect him. He is a good player. Now, if he's able to get drafted, even, I mean, yes, he did struggle a little bit this year. But if he's able to get drafted, go. You have a Jayhawk forever, and Jayhawk fans need to respect that and say, we can rep him. He will, and when they announce what college they went to, when he's drafted, it'll be, they say, University of Kansas. He will be a Jayhawk for life. They know Dawson Samuel lost it, but Grimes right now. I truly believe that Grimes comes back for another year. He develops, he could become a lot, a lot more special. He could learn a little bit more. Self's going to edit him and make him more and more like his great guards. Dotson's got the potential to be one of the greatest all-time point guards, I believe, in Kansas J.R. history. He comes back. This this case, do you go see what happens? He already had a great year as a junior. We'll see. This happens across all different kinds of teams. This being said, I'm going to once again state my fact, in my opinion. The NBA, Adam Silver and the NBA Play Association, led by, headed by Chris Paul, Andre Dollar, and so on, Needs to get together with Adam Silver, needs to get together with the NCA and get this deal done ASAP. We need to have the double draft occur. Players can come out of high school if you're deemed elite and will be drafted. I'm saying you're top five. There's no way anyone will be ranked behind top five. Those guys can go to high school, otherwise you're staying in college for two years. I think that's just going to be a great instance that's going to help people out. Now, I get it. A lot of these guys don't come from the best places and they don't have the money to support their family financially. And they should deserve money. And that's where I'm also going to get into this. 
players deserve to be paid. I don't know. There's no other way to explain this. Now, do they deserve to be paid hundreds of thousands of dollars or a million dollars or something? No. But in my opinion, it's how it needs to be broken down. Percentages. If you're a college athlete, you deserve to be paid more than just your scholarship. The scholarship is great and all. But listen to this. This is my this is my opinion. Whatever your sports income is, have it be football, basketball, baseball, track and field, cross country, rowing, I don't care what it is. Whatever your sport is, however much revenue that, that sport can bring into your school, whatever that is, say some make brings in millions and millions and millions, of course, football, basketball, other sports that are not as popular might bring in a lot less. But whatever that revenue is, the NCAA is sort of set a certain limit. If it's 10, 20, 30%, and that's given down to the players. And of course, that is then broken down to how many players are on the team. Have it be if your football team is 50 some, fastball, whatever. Yes, it's still not a lot of money. But at least they're getting paid money. That's the way the real world works. It's usually percentage. The NBA and women's NBA, it is a certain percentage of money that players get. And that's what teams are getting in, and the teams give it. It's, it's like that. It's just how it works. That's how I believe the college needs to be done. Pay the players according to their revenue that they bring in and a certain percentage that is equally balanced out. For someone like Zion, if he went down, that would have been tragic. Not only for him not being able to watch him play, not for him being able to play the game fast again, but he's a billion-dollar athlete. I've said that multiple times. It can happen to anyone. It's happened many times. Spencer didn't was able to rejuvenate and revive his career to become an elite player in the NBA. But in college, it could have all slipped away with that torn ACL. It's happened so many different times. So once again, that's what needs to be done. Speaking about money, I do also want to touch up real quickly then on the women's NBA factor. Here's what I have to say about that. Women's players are gifted, and they're getting better and better. Yes, the league is very new, though. When the NBA first opened up, they were not making that much money either. You have to continue to evolve. And listen, these girls are getting a bit. People need to respect the girls' talent more and more. Once all said and said, there's not enough money. They can't be paid NBA players money. It can't be done. NBA money, they get millions of dollars because that's the revenue. It's broken up percentage. They have the same percentage the NBA does in terms of revenue. Now, do I think that more people should be watching women's basketball on TV, especially their playoffs are very good? Watching the draft, watching stuff? Yes. I believe they are getting a little bit more respect. Now, people that want to slam them and say that you're better than women's players? No. Heck no. You're not better than They, they need their respect. They're elite class girls and women playing this game of basketball. But they have to, they, it's percentages. They get what their income is. They're not being cheated off by percentages. The more money, the more ticket sales, the more commercials, the more money they can bring in, the more money they'll get. So yes, do I think they should get paid more money? Yes, because I think that more people should be watching them play. They are very good athletes. They're very good players. And they need more and more respect. They need, they need more and more respectable. Sue Bird. Brianna Stewart, Brittany Griner, the a, a, Asia Wilson, so on and so on. There's so many great women's NBA players. Show the respect to them. Tans Parker, so many of them. Maya Moore, I could go down this list forever. There's so many great players. And they need their respect. But no, they're not going to be able to make millions of dollars. Do I think that... And it sucks seeing them. Like Brianna Stewart really just went down today. Praise for her and her recovery. Go triply on Brittany Griner overseas, but they have to go play overseas to make that money. That's where they honestly make more money. Season is coming down now over here to women's NBA season again. People need to start showing more and more respect to them. Watch the games. That's how they get the money. 
grow like the NBA. It's going to take, in 20, 30 years, I believe they're going to get more and more money. Because that's what it comes down to. That's what they have to have. More people of interest, more money they can make. Now, once again, I don't want any offense taken to any women's players. They are fabulous players. Once again, I want to state that women's NBA players are special. There are so many great players. They're great people. Watch them play. But the money will not be there until people start showing respect and watch them play. That's what I got to say with the NCA, women's NBA, the money, being paid, so on. I want the deal to get done once again with the NBA, NBA Player Association, NCA. Let's get it done as soon as possible. This year, if not the later, 2020, I want the double draft occurring. The first weekend of NBA playoffs is over. It went by just like that, folks. Everyone's got one game in the books. Games resume tomorrow. But what do I have to say about these playoffs? A lot of big games, big upsets. A lot of players impressed me, but a lot of players lost my respect. Let's see what I got to say. Stay tuned. Don't be going anywhere because I'm going to talk about the playoffs from this past weekend. You guys already know what it is. The NBA playoffs have began. Everyone's played one game as of right now. If you guys have caught some of my Instagram TV stories, you guys can see what I've already said about these games. I do go in depth about every single game. But right now, I'm going to break down some of this quick little recap of the, over, over the, this past weekend of the tournament. Let's start off with the very beginning. Brooklyn, the very first game, Brooklyn defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 111-102. D'Angelo Levert combined for a big-time 49 points. Dimwood also going to you with 18. Jimmy Butler was the only one that showed up with 36-9. And, and as you guys have heard, I am very much against the fact that Joel Embiid did play in that game. He had 22-15, and 15, yes, along with five big-time blocks. But his injury might prevent him from playing at a high level the rest of the series or even playing, period, as he might be after this next game. Very next game, Orlando had a shocker. DJ Augustine showed up big time to earn my respect, and I believe he should earn everyone's respect around the league in the front office, to fans, to players, everything. As he defeated the Toronto Raptors 104-101 to with a big 25-2-6 game, and the game winner. Seven guys figured, had double figures for the Orlando Magic. As for the Raptors, they had 25-6, and then three for Kawhi Leonard. Siakam had a big 24-9-4 in the big storyline. That's Twitter and social media going crazy. Had Kyle Lowry having zero points, 0-7 scoring. Another... Big-time bust in the playoffs for Kyle Lowry and these Toronto Raptors. Next thing, LA Clippers were destroyed by the Golden State Warriors 104-121 in an event where Patrick Beverly, Kevin Durant got injured many times, resulting in them in getting injected. Shea Jules Alexander continued to show up big time as a rookie out of 18-5, 1, and 3 blocks. The big duo combined for 51 points. Montrose here out 26-5-2-2-2. Stuff in the stat sheet. Lou Williams at 25-3-9. Big time game for that bench mob, but the Golden State Warriors, they showed up big time, folks. There is no denying what they got in store. They got another ring coming. It's a three-peat. They got a three-peat coming. 38-15-7 for Steph Curry. Katie only had 23 points while getting injected. Oh, and by the way, Steph Curry has now had the most three-pointers ever made in the NBA playoffs, passing Ray Allen, and he only played 90 games, as opposed to, I believe, 170 by Ray Allen. Draymond had a big 17-7-7 while shooting 7 for 12 from the field. He's back. Boogie Cousins got fouled out, but he showed up. San Antonio versus Denver. I called it. I said San Antonio's winning. San Antonio won 101-96. Disappointing game for Denver's first game back in the playoffs in a while. DeRozan had an 18-12-6. I've told you guys, this young core is something special. I'll get into this more, of course, like I said before. I've got about offseason previews and ratings. But this young core, Derek White, Lonnie Walker is coming. Don't forget about DeJounte Murray. Breen Forbes showed up with 15-5. Derek White is 16 once again. And a big-time poster on Paul Millsap. 
LaMarcus Aldridge 15 and 8, and Rudy Gay 14 and 6. They got something going. Popovich got them going. I believe they're going to the next round, folks. Denver's not experienced enough to win this series. They are not. Denver's got the skills. They need to reset this team, I believe, in terms of Will Barton, and I don't believe Gary Harris is part of this core. I don't think so. I don't understand why they just. I, I believe they're overpaid. I, I love Malik Beasley. Michael Porter Jr. is coming in. I believe the lineup should be Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley, Michael Porter Jr., Jokic at the center, and that four spots. We'll see what happens if it's Millsap getting another young guy. That opens up tons for Monty Morris to officially be the young backup. You've got guys like Juancho Hernan Gomez and so on and so on. Now, Jokic did have a triple-double, the fourth player ever to open in the playoff debut to have a triple-double. Will Barton had a 15-10. Gary Harris had his best game in a very long time at 20 points, and Jamal Murray at 17. As of today, let's get into it. Or Sunday, Indiana versus Boston, a very disappointing game, 74-84 with Boston Celtics 1. Boston had scored them 26-8 in the third quarter in a big-time comeback. There wasn't really, it was disappointing in my opinion. Boston's not winning it, folks. They're not contenders. 84 points? Really? Cordero's had 14, and Bogdanovich had 12. That's nothing that impressive. 74 points, that's what Boston can win. Yes, Kyrie showed up 25 and 7. We know he can ball. Marcus Morris showed up 20 and 7. We know he can play. Horford had 10 and 11. Tatum had 15 and 3. But the 84 points against the Indiana Pacers? No disrespect. Amy McMillan's did an incredible job this year. Much respect to him. Bogdanovich just showed up. Miles Turner's is something special, but they don't got Oladipo. This is not an elite team. You have got so many All-Stars on this team. Rising stars, current stars, superstar Kyrie Irving. This is a championship team. There's no excuse. I don't know what Brad Stevens is going to do. Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Portland Trailblazers. Portland won 104-99. I'm telling you guys, Billy Donovan will be moved if they don't win this series. Plain and simple. Paul George is struggling. I know he's got something off that shoulder. 8 for 24 shooting. Yes, he finished with 26, 10, and 4 steals. Whitford had a 24-point triple-double. Steven Adams had 17 and 9. Big-time game. Marquise Morris, a little disappointing. I, I just don't understand what the rotation I don't pre, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of what Billy Donovan has going right there. Laird, 30 points and 3 steals, 4 and 4 rebounds and assists. Cantor had 20-18. He's showing up big time. McCollum, 24-6 and 3. They might... They might be advancing, folks, without Nurkic. That's scary to think. I don't even really want to get into this thing, but we got to talk about it. Detroit, Milwaukee. No Blake Griffin. Drummond gets ejected. 121-186. Milwaukee's coming. No Malcolm Brogdon. They showed me wrong. They're coming. There is no denying it. Milwaukee is on the rise, and if Philip can't get stuff together, I don't even care if they don't even get stuff together. Milwaukee's out of Malcolm Brogdon. They got Giannis. He's done from the free throw line in games. You're not going to stop that. A free throw line Duncan games? No. 24-17 rebounds and four assists for Giannis. 16 for George Hill. Lopez and Melton both contributed with 14. Bledsoe 15-3-5. Pat Conte's been showing up with 10-8. and Sterling Brown had an all-around stat stuffing game. 11 points, 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and a big-time block. They're coming. Luke Kennard, Luke, or Andre Jones had 12-12. Luke Kennard's showing up, though. 12, 21 points. And four assists or four rebounds, eight for 14 shooting, four or five from three. He's getting, he's got too much slack because he got traded back and was picked in front of Donovan Mitchell, but he's got talent. The kid's coming. I like the kid. Now, Utah versus Houston was big time disappointing to me. Utah loses 90 to 122 to Houston. Harden is done with this curse thing. He's got 29, 8, and 10. Two big showing by the MVP candidates this year. Gordon, 17. Capella, 16, and 12. Double, double. CP3, 14-3-7. and seven. Daniel House for Reed and Tucker all finished with 11 points. Utah, 22, or Gilbert had 22 points, 12 rebounds. Donovan had 19. Rubio had 15-5-6. and six. I don't know what happened, folks. I believe Favors also had double figures, 11-7. and seven. 
I don't understand how that happened. Chris and I let that game go away. They need to get back in the lab, figure it out, and go back and get a winning before they get back to Utah. That's what I got to say. This is the playoffs. Starts tomorrow again. Brooklyn versus Philly. Clippers with Golden State on TNT, 5 and th- 7.30 respectively. Get ready. The playoffs are real. I'm hyped. Hopefully we can get another good game tomorrow, unlike today's game, besides the Oklahoma and Portland game. Let's see what's going down, folks. I know you guys love the special guests. I know you guys love my topics, but I know the fan favorite and what everyone always loves is Shoe Zone, where I'm going to get into all the topics I believe the media should pick up more on, or this time, I'm going to talk to you guys about a couple of my theories that might be occurring. Stay tuned for Shoe Zone. I'm locked in. Get locked in as well. All right, let's get right into it. Shoe Zone, first topic, is the only real controversial topic I want to talk about from this first week of the playoffs. And this is Amir Johnson being fine for being on his phone in games. I understand it's against the rules. You shouldn't be on your phone. I know we understand it's a distraction, but we all know players are on it. Just as Draymond Green said, I don't agree with him a lot. But he said this, and I quote, Don't you guys all check your phones during work? I completely agree. He was checking it to see about his sick daughter. If it's true or not, I don't know. The point is, what is the big deal? He's not playing games. He's on it for about five seconds. Just because he got caught on the camera, we know tons of players are on it. There is no big deal. I don't believe, I mean, yes, he took responsibility because he's a team leader, but this is ridiculous. No, they were down already. It, it was being made way more of a big deal than it ever had been made of. It was absolutely ridiculous. Stop, uh, stop about it. I don't care. He got fine. Put it aside. It's over. He won't do it again, but we all know players are on the phones during games. We've caught it many times. It, it's fine. It's ridiculous. I didn't know they have that rule. Apparently they do. Oh, well, but here we go. Of course, I've talked this, touched upon this before. Who is the GOAT? MJ, LeBron, James, and what a lot of people come down to. My take? I do believe that Michael Jordan is the GOAT right now. Because of the fact LeBron did not make the playoffs this year especially. And of course you had to wait until out of the league and then you truly see who was the GOAT. But here's my theory I want to talk about. In my opinion, when it comes to many things, if it's music artists, rap artists, of course, athletes, so on and so on, as a young person you obviously feel that that person, that your parents of the older generation, is influencing you into who the, everyone from that generation has to be the best. I mean, think about it. In terms of rap, it's Tupac and Biggie. In terms of many, in terms of athletes, in terms of the NBA, it's MJ. Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, all the time, great. Football, John Elway. Somebody might have passed that respect. But controversy can go down on and on. And how about our parents' parents? They might only know guys like Kareem and Bill Russell. So that being said, I've thought about it. Why exactly is that the case? Why is there never guys that are our age, our generation, that's the top player, top players, top music artists, so on? What I came to the conclusion is this. I truly do believe that once we are adults, yeah. For us, Drake, Kendrick Lamar, those kind of guys would be the top rappers. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Embiid. Those kind of guys might be the great Curry will be some of the great players of our time. And the list goes on, so on and so on. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, so on. The list will continue and continue. But here's what I got to say. I believe that MJ is more appreciated because people had to work the hardest to go watch him. Today, you see LeBron do a dunk and it goes viral. For me, let me be honest, I've never watched LeBron James live in a game. I've watched many games. I go to some games many times. I've gone to NCAA games. I've gone to so many types of games. I personally, to be honest, have never watched LeBron James play in real life, in real action, live in front of me. I've watched, of course, I've watched him on TV, but I mean at an NBA game. 
But I still know all about him, all about his stats, all about his dunks, all about his highlight plays. Now, why might that be? Because he has the technology. MJ did not have Instagram, did not have all this stuff. Yes, he had starting having TV and all that, but still wasn't everyone, not everyone could afford TV. Not everyone could watch it. You had to go to a bar. It wasn't as accessible. Not even close. So, this is my opinion. When you work for something, and you truly grind through an assignment, through a work project, through whatever it may be, a marathon, whatever it may be, you come out with an outcome and a mindset of, you feel accomplished. And there is no denying that. The harder you work for something, and the, when you get the result you want, you feel a complete pride that is harder to even comprehend. It's that God-given feeling. It's a terrific feeling. So people had to work the harder money to go pay for games to go watch Michael Jordan play. Or find a way to get the television to be able to watch the game. As for LeBron, it was easy. Anyone can afford it. From the poorest of poor to overseas people to the richest of rich, everyone can afford to watch LeBron James play, along with every other great. That being said, that is why I think that Michael Jordan is talked about more and more. Yes, we can go into this more and more. I do believe that Michael Jordan probably is the greatest player, just because of the fact that, once again, he is—he has more rings. He has—I mean, he, he's dominant. But that's what I'm going to say. Yes, we could go on forever, and there's always debates about who's better, who's better. But that is my opinion. Both the fact of technology and the fact that whoever the last generation is, theirs must be the best because that's when their prime was. That's what they wanted. They, everyone wants to win the debate and think that their time was the greatest time. There's no denying that. I will be the very same thing once again. Last part of Shoe Zone is this. I have a feeling. We all know someone like Dirk's not coming back. No. He's old. Vince Carter, once he retires, he's retiring. You guys remember Ray Allen? When he first retired, a lot of people had the feeling he could still play. Even this year to this year, we had Houston calling him, and people had the rumors, will he join Houston? Because he can play, and he's not too old. You guys remember Michael Jordan? He came back at retirement. Lots of cases of this. This got me thinking. There's a man that retired. You guys know my respect for him. Much love to Dwayne Wade. I have a very special autographed jersey stuff from him. He's a very special player, one of my favorite all time. Watching him play, this man does not look like he needs to retire whatsoever. He's a family man. I'm excited. He's going to train Zaire and watch out for Zaire Wade. He's coming. He wants to be with his newborn. He wants to be with his family. But he's going to miss the sport. Oh, he's going to miss it. That also being said, guess MJ came back playing with Washington as well. Dwayne Wade's coming back to Miami. My take. Not this year, no. Give him a year off, maybe even two years. He's not going to get out of shape. No, he's doing away. He's not getting out of shape. What he is going to do, though, is he's going to come ready. He might. He's not going to play, play a whole season. He might come back for the end of the season, second half of the season. But you know what I think? There's a man named LeBron James. You guys might know. Of course you do. LeBron James will finish his contract up in, my, in L.A. in three years. We all know LeBron is available. Miami will be tanking. I would not be shocked to see LeBron James join Dwayne Wade in Miami to end their career. End LeBron James' career with Dwayne Wade having fun. Maybe Dwayne, maybe Chris Paul joins them, but also Bronny might join them out there. The timeline adds up. Three years, Dwayne Wade come back. Bronny's starting to come in in about four or five years. Maybe he's, he can come right out of that high school. 
we will see what happens here. That's my take. I believe Dwayne Wade will be coming back to play with LeBron James in Miami once again. This is not the end of Dwayne Wade. That's my take. Shoe Zone is over. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Come back next week for more Shoe Zone. I hope that everyone loved today's show, but that does in fact include the seventh episode of Shoes Views. To get involved in Shoes Views or to stay up to date, go and follow my Instagram, Twitter, or like my Facebook page at Zach Shoemaker, or subscribe to my YouTube channel at Zach Shoemaker Shoes Views. Also, please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you may be listening to. Please leave a five-star review and or leave a comment. Also, I do not have my Instagram live TV set up. Please go and check out my nightly NBA recaps, and I promise you guys will not be disappointed. They also will be on Facebook and Twitter. Now, I cannot wait to see you guys next week, as I will be joined by top basketball and football prospect, Jason Harris. I am your host, Zach Shoemaker, and I'm out. God bless.